So I'm going to start off by saying something slightly scandalous. I pray a holy hour every day at the gym. Yeah, the gym. Now, how can I say that? Isn't that sacrilegious? Well, what it means to be a human being is that we are body and soul. You, you can't divide them. And so what we do to one affects the other but are both good? And can we use both to pray? There's this lie that exists within the church that says and believes that the body is bad and only the soul matters. So when we die, our souls are finally liberated from our bodies. Well, the roots of this are heresies with big, big names like Manichaeism and Puritanism and Gnosticism. But essentially what they believe is that the body is bad. And I get it. From my college soccer career, I've had six surgeries. I currently need a shoulder surgery. Uh, since I was 11, I've been a diabetic, so my pancreas doesn't work right. But just because the body is fallen, does that make it bad or useless? St. John Paul II, in his teaching, the theology of the body says this. He says the body, and in fact only the body, is capable of making visible the invisible, the spiritual and the divine. Everybody point to your soul for a second. <laughs> Some people say it's in the heart, right? But the body is the form of the soul and the soul is the form of the body. So what John Paul II realized is that in order to look at the soul, you have to look at the body. And what's more, when Jesus Christ came to earth, the primary reason he came, yes, was to die for our sins and rise again so that we could be with the Lord in eternity. But Jesus took on a body. He became one of us through the Incarnation. And the reason he did that was to show us how to live and the significance of the body. All right, everybody. I want you to look at my body for a second. <laughs> Behold, it is very good. <laughs> now, how can I say that? Am I just some like narcissistic fitness nut? I mean, I hope not. But if we look at creation, if we look at Genesis, when God created the world, so he spent seven days creating the world. Well, six, and then he rested on the seventh, right? And over the first six days, he creates the sun and the moon and the stars and land and the ocean and all of the plants and all of the animals. And after everything he creates, he says, behold, it is good. Then on the sixth day, God creates a man and woman. He creates the human body, the human person. And what does he say? Behold, it is very good. Do you see the difference? Good versus very good. That means that your body and my body is more sacred, beautiful, holy 
than the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. I mean, sunset on the beach, the Rocky Mountains, the Northern Lights, the most beautiful rose you've ever seen, golden retriever puppies. I mean, come on. <laughs> Your body and my body is more sacred than all of those things. And what's more, there are what, seven billion people or so on Earth right now? So the seven billion people that are on Earth right now, and the billions and billions of people that have ever existed before, and the billions and billions of people that will ever exist again until the end of time, nobody looks exactly like you do, unless you're an identical twin. But follow me, looks like you do has your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your quirks, your fears, your pet peeves. You are completely and utterly unique. And we know from Genesis that we are made in God's image and likeness. So if we are made in God's image and likeness, and we are completely and utterly unique, then that means that you reveal something about God that no one else does. In how you look, but also in who you are. You reveal something about God that no one else does. Now, do we view ourselves like that? Do we view our bodies like that? I mean, the last time you looked in the mirror, how did you critique yourself? There is so much body shame and body hatred that exists. And we all struggle with it. Dove Soap did a study a number of years back, and they found that 99% of women do not think they're beautiful. 99% of us. And men, you are not exempt from this either. We all struggle with seeing the goodness of our bodies. But here's the thing. God doesn't. He actually views your body as so sacred and so holy that by your baptism, he chooses to dwell inside of you. The Trinity comes to dwell in us by our baptism. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 to 20 says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? which you have from God and that you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Now, what do you think of when you think of a temple or a church? Is it dirty? No, it's usually clean and pure. Is it ugly? Oh, it's usually beautiful. Is it profane? No, it's sacred and it's holy. Do we treat our bodies, which are, are temples of the Holy Spirit, purely? Do we see them as beautiful and holy? Because we house the Lord, what we do to our bodies and how we treat them matters. Are you getting enough sleep? The number one reducer of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, 
is sleep. You should be sleeping seven to eight hours a night. I like nine. <laughs> what are you eating? How are you fueling your temple? We have to be aware that so many foods are processed and have added sugars and aren't fueling us in the proper way. And are you exercising? Exercise we know is so important for long-term health. Are you taking the time to do it? Now, I wanna make a distinction here, and this is super, super important, so I want you to remember this. You are not something to fix, you are someone to honor. You are not something to fix, you are someone to honor. So say you wanna lose 10 pounds. You don't need to lose 10 pounds. As I just said, you are good and sacred and holy and beautiful just as you are. Now we've been given our bodies as a gift, right? So we wanna care for them. But if we think that there's something to fix in ourselves and we have to lose 10 pounds, the result of that are things like stress, anxiety, fear, and giving up on fad diets. But if we view ourselves as someone to honor, the result of that is peace and proper motivation. And here's the reality, because we are body and soul, like I said before, what we do to one affects the other. So if you sleep well and you eat well and you exercise, you're actually gonna pray well. Now the reverse is true, kind of spiral downward too, but taking care of ourselves physically is actually going to help our spiritual life. So that brings me back to the gym. That verse in Corinthians that I, I said earlier, the second half of that says this. It says, for you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So every time I work out, I unite myself with Christ. Let's think about Christ's passion for a second. So in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sweat blood. And then he was tortured, so he was in pain. Had to carry his cross, so he, his muscles were probably cramping. He was really thirsty. He had trouble breathing. And then he was nailed to the cross and offered himself body and soul for us. Does it sound a little familiar? In a small, small way, when we work out, we sweat, we have trouble breathing, sometimes we cramp, we're thirsty. And so it's a source of actually unification with Christ. I've been known to, to print out a picture of the crucified Christ and literally tape it on my rowing machine, because that thing is brutal, let me tell you. <laughs> And when I'm rowing, I meditate on his passion and I, and I seek to console him, to unite with him when I'm having trouble breathing as well. But I want to bring it one step further. Colossians 1.24 says, I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. Now what this is not saying is that Christ's 
passion and death was not enough for us. It was. Period. But in God's mystery, he allows us to pray for one another, to intercede for one another, and to offer our sufferings, called redemptive suffering, for one another. So every time I work out, I offer up my workouts. Now, you might hear that term, offer up, and scoff a little bit, and flash back to stubbing your toe as a kid and your grandma yelling at you, offer it up, right? It almost negates the suffering. Well, it couldn't be further from the truth. Every day when I, when I work out, I offer up my workouts, the suffering that I endure for the athletes I work with, the women that I work with through my nonprofit, Fierce Athlete. So I pray for them an hour every day. It's a really, really good motivator. But it's not always easy. And I'm not saying this is easy. But I'm an athlete, so I'm going to leave you all with a challenge. <laughs> One, if you're not currently exercising, if you've given up on the New Year's resolution, if your answer is, well, I should, but, you know, all the other things you have to do, it might be time to start. And start small. Go for a 30-minute walk. Meditate on Christ carrying his cross. Pray your rosary. Start small. If you're already exercising, already working out, now it's about more than just you. More than just looking good. You have a new motivator. So before you work out, say you're going to go run three miles. And do this before, because we all know that when you're in it, it's hard to think straight, right? So say you're going to run three miles. Before you start, just bless yourself. All right, mile one is for my friend who's sick. Mile two is for my brother who doesn't practice his faith. Mile three is for uh, my friend who, you know, whatever. Pick the intentions. Because I, I guarantee you, when you get to mile three and you want to quit, or you want to start walking, now it's about more than just you. It's an offered suffering. It's a great motivator. And finally, what if you have some sort of physical limitation? What if you can't exercise? Well, there's an offering there. Like I said before, I need shoulder surgery. So I am limited in certain ways. But all the pain that I'm currently experiencing, the upcoming surgery, all the rehab, is being offered for a girl that I work with who just had ACL knee surgery. That she would recover and that in that process, she would come to encounter the crucified Christ. So it's not a scandal to pray a holy hour at the gym. Not when we recognize the beauty and the sacredness and the uniqueness of our own bodies. And when we choose to unite them with Christ and to offer them for someone else. This, this is my prayer for you. Thank you.